You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Now, I absolutely love the opportunity to get emails from listeners and to see feedback and comments and questions and insight into what's going on in other people's worlds and in their marriages. And every so often I'll hop on iTunes, you know, Shannon, just to make sure we're tracking along okay, that listeners are catching things and, you know, where we are in the rankings and all of that. And by the way, if you enjoy the show as a listener here of Sexy Marriage Radio and you leave us a review on iTunes, that helps us climb the charts in the sexuality category where there's a lot of filth. And so... We're uh, trying to swim against the stream, but Shannon, I came across one from last month that I think is a great comment that the title of the comment on in iTunes is just called Best in Class, and it, and it goes along and says, I've tried a lot of marriage advice pod- podcasts. Some were fairly good, and some were just plain awful. In fact, I found this one through One Extraordinary Marriage, which a shout out to Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo, who do One Extraordinary Marriage and are friends of mine. And I'm very Thank glad. You. Yeah, and I'm very glad that he, he's saying, I'm very glad I found this one. This is the best marriage advice podcast of all the ones I've found, bar none. Intelligent, thoughtful, well presented, and useful. I'm still working my way through the older posts, but I've yet to find one single one to be boring or off topic. Please keep up the good work. I mean, I love hearing that kind of stuff. That yeah, we don't really know how to get much off topic because we <laughs> we just so love talking about sex. Even my kids are like, "Gee, mom, everything is about sex with you," and we just laugh about it. So yeah, <laughs> that is great though to hear that kind of compliment. It is, uh, and and it's so funny because you think of the range of things, Shannon. You know, Shannon, you and I have only been doing this for a little while together, as far as host of this show. Yeah, like four or five months. And then prior to that, Gina Paris was my guest uh, co-host that where we did the first hundred shows of Sexy Marriage Radio. So, I mean, we've covered a lot of ground. But yeah. the amazing thing is there's still tons to cover and there's still all kinds of different aspects and specifics and different things that we have yet to cover. And one right. of the things that I think of that comes up and, and, and we get emails from this and I love hearing feedback from those that don't agree or think we're not quite in the right ballpark, or we've stretched something too far, or, I mean, I love those kind of critical, I mean, I guess that's what you would term them as a little critical comments, but it's just kind of taking exception to some of the things we say. And so I'm thinking as a, uh, by way of a little bit of housekeeping, Shannon, let's, let's kind of pull back and do a little bit of, okay, here's where we are. Here's where we've come so far. Let's address some things that have come in, in regards to, wait, you guys can't say that, or I don't agree. And let's go from there. So you want to answer our critics. Let's, let's go straight on. Because I, I love. I, mean, I love that. I think one of the things that, that's great to model in, in as host of this show, because we've got compliments from this from, from listeners, is when you and I don't agree on things that, hey, I want to acknowledge that and say, wait, 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 I don't agree. And thus far, we've been great with each other in the sense of, okay, great. Tell me what you think. And then. Let's go back and forth with it. And I want to do that with our listeners. Right. Well, and I hope that we're modeling something that can be uh, done in marriage as well. Yeah. We don't have to agree on everything Not sexually at all. to have a great friendship. Right. Uh, your sexuality is as unique as your fingerprint. And there's no way, even with your spouse, that you're going to agree on every single 
sexual nuance. And Corey, something that you said earlier that I just totally completely agree with the whole notion of, uh, you know, well, haven't we learned all there is to learn about sex? I mean, once you know that the, that the long peg goes in the round hole, is there really anything more to learn? Well, my personal opinion is I could study about this topic. I mean, I have been for the past 20 years. I could study about it for the next 40 years and still not learn all there is to learn about it. I've written 22 books about the topic. (laughs) I still haven't written all that there is. It's, it's such a deep part of who we are as human beings. And you can never fully explore every single nuance of that, but I love how hard we try. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cause what I think of, and we've made a comment about this before is the depth of our sexuality and our sex life as it evolves through the seasons, you know, that it it changes, that that we, we change meaning because we're the only species on the planet that makes meaning out of things. You know, so we don't just sex, we don't have sex just for procreation. We have sex right. for pleasure and there's meaning to it. And, and sometimes and we don't have sex just for pleasure. Right. Like some animals do. We have sex for pair bonding. Right. We have sex to, to form really tight bonds with our spouse. Right. And I guess so I think of a story in uh, Rob Bell's book, Sex God, that I love that. Book. I, that was a great book where he talks about how this is related to that and how when the allied forces uh, freed some of the one, one of the concentration camps with a bunch of the women. Somebody had brought lipstick and gave it to the the prisoners, and they put on. They were, you're finding all of these people that were just in bad ways, putting on lipstick because it was like I want to feel beautiful again. I want to have meaning again, and and it was part of their sexuality, their identity, and that's just there's so much depth to that. And I think of the the lifespan of somebody's sex life. And how it evolves and it changes, and what might have meant something at one point could mean something completely different later. And right, what that's the what you're trying to accomplish with sex in your 20s is very different than what you're com- trying to accomplish with sex in your 70s or 80s. Lots of times, yes. Yeah, but, every decade is different. Yeah, that's a great point. So there are several things that have come in that that where we've we've heard feedback of, hey, wait, that's not something. You know, I don't, I don't agree. You can't say that. Or, I mean, so let's start with one of them because the first one that that comes to my mind, Shannon, is is this idea of our worldview as Christians, you and I, is has has a definite slant to things. But the audience of Sexy Marriage Radio is broad, (laughs) if you will. It's not just this isn't just a Christian podcast, right? And we've been very intentional with that. And so we hear both We're very inclusive. Right. We hear but we hear both sides of it. We'll hear the sides of uh, you guys are too preachy or we've heard the side of you're not preachy enough. <laughs> and so <laughs> and, and we can't please all the people all the time right. is is what we have to tell ourselves for sure. Uh, my philosophy is that we are all sexual beings regardless of whether we consider ourselves spiritual or religious or Baptist, or Catholic, or Protestant, or Lutheran, or whatever, we're all sexual beings. Right. And so why should we make religion, uh, or even scripture, the focus of this show when you can get that lots of different places? Right. Uh, I would rather talk about the things that your pastor can't preach about on Sunday morning from the pulpit. Right. He can't preach about 
oral sex or masturbation or some of the things that we're going to be talking about today and that we've talked about other times as well. And so I think that that's what makes this show unique is that we're talking about the very things that you just don't hear talked about in a balanced, healthy, even holy way, in my opinion. Uh, some people may debate that, but you know, that's certainly debatable. But how to talk about it in the context strictly of marriage, because when we do hear sex talked about, it's just... It, it, you know, in TV and music and movies, and it's just so, you know, anti what typical Christians think of as being, uh, you know, good, healthy sex. So we want to talk about it in the context of marriage. And, and I love, I love what you've named this show, Sexy Marriage Radio. That, that insinuates right there that we're doing something good. And I'm sorry that we don't uh, sprinkle as much scripture throughout as everyone would like for us or, or not everyone. Some people would rather us leave it out entirely and that's okay too. But um, yeah, we we are trying to focus on sexuality much more so than spirituality. But sometimes we'll combine the two, and we hope that that doesn't offend or alienate anyone. Right, and and my belief is that the spirituality I think is a universal idea. That it, it maybe there's different things attributed when you think of the word spirituality, but I I, right. I I believe most everybody has a base level of we are interconnected in some way. You know, and and the only thing I can think of when it comes to that concept is a spiritual concept. Is that's exactly what that is, and whether that's a we all have a soul, right? Whether what and and we're all connected. There's the you, you look at just nature beyond human race. Look at the way the interconnectedness and the cycle of life and how things go and how everything fits together perfectly. Well, that's and then you bring in the complexity of humans. Well, man, there's something going on there beyond just us. So if if we can go into that realm, that's what sex taps into. And so to me, it's it's God. Other people may attribute it to other things. And, and I think we've been—I've tried to be very intentional on let's start—let's go there, and then people can go more religious if they want to with it, or they can attribute it to something else if they want to. But it's something we all struggle with when we get behind closed doors with our spouse is how do we tap into something that is beyond us? How do we create something? And those are those magical moments in sex that I, I term them as follow, follow the connection sex moments, where it's not a script that you and your, your spouse are, are following. It's, it's one of those, wow, there's, we were just in this flow, in a zone together, that it was just a real good moment, a spectacular moment together. And you both are satisfied, and you both enjoyed it. And it wasn't just the pleasure; it was more than that. It was the the love, it was the compassion, it was the the care and the concern, and it was all of that together. And to me, that's the stuff I want people to tap into more. That's the yeah, idea it, of, it, of that it goes so much better. deeper than the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, or just going through the motions right. that so many of us did early on in our lives. We were constantly trying to cultivate something deeper and richer. Right. I think the pursuit of sexual intimacy in marriage, it, you're, you're right, Corey, it, it is kind of the pursuit of a deeper sense of, of spirituality, uh, quote unquote. Right. So yeah, for those of us, or for those of you listening who are wishing we would weave more scriptures in, we encourage you to take everything that we say and measure it against the Bible yourself. And right. for those of you who are wishing that we would just leave it out entirely, 
Uh, we hope that you'll indulge us on occasion as our spiritual views come forth, but we are certainly not trying to force those on anyone in any way, shape, or form. What we really want is for every couple, regardless of where they stand spiritually, to have a really deep, powerful sexual connection. Right, because that's the uniqueness of married life, and that's the uniqueness of humans. Because at base va- at face value and base value, spirituality is a personal thing. So is sex. Isn't it? Very. <laughs> I mean, come on. Right. <laughs> so, so it's one of those, we're gonna, we talk fundamentals, we talk concepts, we talk techniques, we talk topics, all these different things. But it, the, the whole goal is you have to apply it to your life in your situation. And it's one of those, like every book I have read, you know, there's nuggets of it that I love and there's parts of it that, yeah, not really, doesn't really apply to me. And I just move on with that and, you know, don't cover that part or don't deal with that. And then they come back to it later and, whoa, that was kind of, that spoke to me. And Shannon, I'll even say that about your books I've read. That, hey, there's parts of the stuff. I love some of the things you've written. And there's some of it like, Shannon, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and, and that is okay. Chew up the meat yep. and spit out the bones. Yep. With every book you read, with every broadcast you listen to, chew up the meat and spit out the bones. Yep. All right. Yep. And and that's, I mean, because that's, that's a, a goal of what we have with Sexy Marriage Radio is, we want people that are in marriages to experience sex lives of the blessed few. And that's the way I think of it. There's three categories of people in marriage when it comes to their sex life. There's the dysfunctional sex, the functional sex, and the blessed few. And membership into the blessed few takes a tr- quite a bit of work. <laughs> it, it does. It does. So basically you're saying you're not expecting our listeners to unscrew their heads and put them under the recliner and just let us fill it with whatever we think they should think. No. You want them to think for themselves or I want them to think for themselves, yes, right? Exactly. We are merely trying to open lines of communication. Right. That is our goal. We're not trying to force our views one way or the other on anybody. We're just trying to open up lines of communication that have typically been so closed before. This has been such a taboo topic, especially among church going populations. Right. So we're just trying to undo some of that and to, to, yeah, I mean, if you can't talk about sex outside the bedroom, how much can you really feel the freedom to enjoy sex inside the bedroom? Right. And so if we can get people ca- talking, we have done a good job, Shannon. That's, that's there you what go. I think. And so the and, fact And that, I think they're talking. Right. They are. <laughs> and, the fact that, other. <laughs> and the fact that people will be willing to email with, hey, wait, I don't agree. That means we're doing a good job, too. Exactly. To we're, we're getting their wheels turning. Right. So I think that we've beat that dead horse. <laughs> enough. Let's, let's move on. All right. Let, let's move on. Uh, you know, recently we did a show about masturbation. And, you know, a speaker always thinks of the things that they wish that they had said after they leave the stage. And there was a PS that I wish that I had included on that show. So I'm going to include it now. And that is about this whole topic of how do we teach our kids? Um, You know, what do we say about masturbation when we're dealing with uh, a nine-year-old or a 13-year-old or a 17-year-old? Or, you you know, what do we say? Right. I think the best answer to that question comes from James Dobson, who you know was the leader of Focus on the Family for many decades. He says that, it, well, this is his quote, I hope that you won't feel the need for masturbation. But if you do, I hope you won't struggle with guilt over it. Right. And I love that. I think that it's a very balanced approach. Right. That I, 
you know, I mean, I can't say it any better than that. I hope you won't feel the need for it. But if you do, I hope you won't struggle with guilt over it. Because I do think that that false guilt is what will lead kids to the next step of going ahead and having sex with someone else because they already feel so guilty for having taken matters into their own hands. Right. When, again, it's not necessarily it was not, it's not mentioned, therefore not forbidden in scripture. And so we can't put false guilt on them that to even touch themselves is, is a horrible sin. And now they're going to, you know, grow hair on their palms and go blind and become a pencil salesman. We, we just, we can't do this. And so oftentimes we don't even think to bring up the subject with our kids until after they've been exploring and experimenting in that vein already. Right. And you just want to be really careful what you do to your kids, sexual self-esteem by, you know, putting legalistic expectations on them that they should never, ever, 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 ever do this under any circumstances whatsoever. Because the reality is that's typically not how life works. Right. Um, and as a matter of fact, that leads me to an email that I received uh, from a gentleman. I'll, I just won't include his name. But uh, he sent me an email through shannonethridge.com. And he's, this is what he says. He says, um, long story short, my wife died last year, and as I recover from all of that, I'm finding that my sex drive is returning. For now, I have no desire to marry or connect with a woman, so would it be okay for me to masturbate when my sex drive peaks? How would you answer that question, Corey? Um, yes. <laughs> would you like to expound <laughs> on that? <laughs> I mean, it's because that's I, I think of... I don't know, as you're, as you're talking about the, because when we talk in, when we dive into subjects that nobody's really talking about, or there's no clear, Hey, don't do this. You know, it is kind of an agreed upon it's wrong versus yeah, it's fine. And when you're talking about masturbation, I mean, to me where guilt comes in is the stuff that's associated with it. That's the problems. You're talking about pornography. Yes. It's the whole, okay, if I'm going to go down that path, that's a whole different ball game than just yep. masturbation. So, but what but, you're talking but about. But I think that everyone would have to agree that you do not need pornography, no. which I, I agree. It's no. not a good direction to go. You do not need pornography to masturbate. They no. did it for years. They, we've done it for centuries right. without pornography. Pornography wasn't invented until the 1950s. <laughs> so it, but it's one of those, if, if I've got a guy that's emailing me with that question, my reply is back is absolutely don't feel guilty about that. What are you talking about? You well, know? I think that it's a matter of personal conscience, right? That if you don't have a problem with it, then don't have a problem with it. Yeah. If you do have a problem with it, then don't do it, yeah. but don't tell other people that they can't do it either. Uh, basically, uh, I think that the, the passage of scripture that so often is quoted as being the reason why it's forbidden in scripture is the story of Onan, which basically in a nutshell, uh, a woman, uh, her husband dies and according to the law, she is passed on to the brother of that husband so that she can conceive a child and that brother dies and she goes on down the line until she comes to the brother named Onan. And rather than impregnating her as the, the law uh, dictated, he spilled his semen on the ground because he didn't want to impregnate her. He didn't want to bring another heir into the world by her. Right. And so many people will say, see, spilling your semen on the ground is sin. Therefore, masturbation is sin. 
I don't buy that. He wasn't <laughs> masturbating. He was having sex with a woman. Right. So I, it just, it doesn't right. add up. You cannot show me in scripture. And I've, I've been challenged by this, by many college professors at very spiritual, you know, theological universities. You can't show me in scripture where it's forbidden. And I don't think that God accidentally left it out. Right. Do you think that God accidentally left it out? No, no. I, I mean, to me, most of the stuff, most of the arguments we make are taken out of context because it was what works for us. You know, yeah. Or it's what we have been taught or is what we've believed and it's what works for us. And at the end of the day, your value is your value. So you can't, you can't impose that on other people. And that's, so when we're talking about these types of issues, it is one of those, there's a lot of freedom involved, especially when you're talking about Christian in, in the Bible and scriptures, there's a lot of freedom. There is freedom in the marriage bed for sure, yes. for sure. And, you know, when I read this, and obviously this is an elderly man because you know, hopefully his wife lived a wonderful long life. I suspect that as a very young man, he was taught some very legalistic things about masturbation. And now here he is in his later years questioning it. And so when I responded the way that I kind of did just now on the show, he replied back and he said, um, you know, thank you for your quick and sage response. He said, there are so many mysteries about God. And I think that this question is one of them. In my opinion, he made this type of release available to men and women in order to keep them from doing dumb things like marrying <laughs> someone just to satisfy a sex drive. Right. Maybe that's one of the reasons that the divorce rate is so high. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Well said. And how many teenagers and 20-somethings and even 30-somethings rush to the altar because they're just dying to have sex right. and they don't even think about the fact that is this really the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with? Let's slow down. Let's take, you know, let's get to know this person's character. And yeah, it, we can't let our sex drive drive us to do dumb things. Right. I love the way you put it. And, so and how often does that happen? <laughs> that our sex our sex drive drives us to do dumb things. More often <laughs> than any of us care to admit. I think of reality <laughs> TV shows that are based totally on that. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why some of my friends declare, my single friends, they will declare to me, Shannon, masturbation is God's gift to single people. Right. How else would we cope? How else would we manage? Right. I, I can't really, I used to argue with that. I don't anymore. Yeah. 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 And that's. I to mean, each his own. Well, And that's just, and that when you apply that to a married couple and the things that we talk about within sex and in, and in their bedroom and all of that. The whole goal is to come to grips with what you believe, what you want, what who you are, and experience more with that. I mean, it, it's a defining of self. That's that's the goal. That to me, that's what sex and that's what marriage is all about. It's it's, it's a hell. It's a self-defining, self-refining moment of growing and creating better character, better person, better depth, better care, better love. All of that. And yeah. marriage is designed for that. And nowhere is that more clear than in sex. I mean, that's the most intimate possible time you can have with another person. But it's also, you could have sex and be miles away mentally, emotionally. Sure. You know, so it's it's that whole navigating just how can I be in good, close relationships with other people? How can I still be myself with other people? And Man, that, and that and my opinion is that if you're not robbing your spouse of anything, then more power to you. Right. If it's known by your spouse, if it's approved of by your spouse, I even mentioned this to one very prominent 
spiritual leader, if I said his name, most Christians out there would know him, but I'm not out of respect. But he said, sure, masturbation is actually part of our repertoire because he travels so much. She travels so much. Right. They're, they're frequently apart. And he said, you know, th there's no guilt issue in it at all for right. us. That's and right. I thought that was a very healthy response. And I also have to go back to orgasm. Their finding is one of the number one prevention methods to ward off Alzheimer's. So what is it only, you know, only married people who get to have an orgasm with each other are allowed to take care of their health this way. If there are single people out there who don't want to wrestle with Alzheimer's in their later years and be a huge burden to their family and, and they feel as if orgasm is a great way to prevent that, according to the research, then more power to you. Right. No pun intended. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we, we, we've got that one covered. Which then moves into the other topic that has stirred up a couple of things, which is oral sex. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and the the opportunity that a comment has come in, and this is on sexymarriageradio.com, which we encourage listeners to go to and leave comments on shows because that puts that that in, increases the dialogue, increases the communication. So you can either email us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Or go to sexymarriageradio.com and just leave a comment, and because every show is there, you can go through all the archives, listen to everything we've ever said, and and so this is a an opportunity where someone took issue with you, Shannon, <laughs> and, and said, <laughs> I think back to what my publisher told me, Shannon. If you if the books you write don't ruffle some feathers, it wasn't worth writing. <laughs> so I guess if I don't ruffle some feathers doing this show, right. it's not worth doing. So here we go. Let's let's talk about the feathers I ruffled. Right, because this is talking about if <laughs> the statements you've made, I guess, was if one partner wants oral and the other doesn't, where is that partner supposed to go to get it? Which, yeah, that's the, that's kind of the confines of marriage that we believe fully that a hundred percent of sexual energy stays in the marriage. That's the goal is I share what I, who I am my, with my sexuality with my wife and that's it. I don't go, I don't step out to find other means. So, but by stating this now, this is being applied to, for example, we would be encouraging listeners to try anal sex when it becomes more conventional like oral sex, or will you be doing a show on threesomes because that's a very common fantasy. So, after all, if one partner wants it but the other doesn't, where does the wanting partner go? Well, it, it, and then she even took it further, saying tomorrow it might be, you know, in addition to anal sex and threesomes, it might be BDSM or legalized bigamy. What will you suggest then? Right. That the, the notion of anything goes is what she heard. It, it's kind of like when there's a traffic accident and the police officers are asking different people on different street corners, what they saw and what they saw is all going to be different because of where they were standing. Right. So I just want to address the fact that I was not saying anything goes and you have to do whatever your partner wants you to do, because I, I definitely think that there is a line between oral sex and some of these other activities that have been lumped in with that. I don't right. think that it's fair to lump in those type of activities with it because no. you, when you look at the song of Solomon, it is very oral in nature. Right. And I quoted several passages uh, during that show. I distinctly remember it was, I was thinking, wow, this is more scripture than we have ever quoted ever before <laughs> on any of the shows that I've done anyway. So oral sex is actually alluded to very clearly and very vividly in scripture. Right. 
but you do not see anal sex or threesomes or BDSM or legalized bigamy in scripture. So I am not saying anything goes. And if you were to ask me, well, what do you think about anal sex, threesomes, BDSM, or legalized bigamy? I would tell you not into any of it. Don't recommend it to anyone either. But oral sex, I, I just think that there's something, it, what is it, Corey? What is it about that particular act that it, it just seems like it should be and could be so natural? And I'm not trying to, to force that on anyone. Right. As we said in the show prior, if it distasteful to you, literally, then don't feel the need right. to go there. Right. But if you're just wondering, is it okay or not? Why wouldn't it be? It, it, it does seem so natural, especially when you consider that KY jelly and lubricants weren't invented, invented until the past couple decades. Well, what have people done for centuries? Saliva. Right. That's the number one lubricant. So anyway, help me out yeah, here. I, it's, it's, to me, it's more about the things that go on in, in sex. We all reach a point where something is happening or something or is encouraged or something is mentioned as something being wanted, and it makes us uncomfortable. And so it's all about – I mean, this goes back to my idea of just sex is designed to help us grow up. Marriage is designed to help us grow up. We, come, we are f confronted face-to-face -face with – my own limitations, my own discomfort, my own, you know, I, I can't do that. I, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't want to do that. And we, then we have to wrestle with why. Why? Yeah, what does that come from? Is it because I just truly don't enjoy it? Or is it because I, is don't, it because it was I don't know what it's about, me? so I'm scared? Or it's, it, yeah, I don't it, like it that role. Is it forced on me when I was a child? Or I saw pornography right. of that act when I was very, very young and it traumatized right. me? So it all goes back to the meaning we place on things. And it all goes back to our experiences. And it all, I mean, so there's, there's so much to it that it becomes very complex at times. And that's where it becomes a personal thing. And my goal is, and my hope is with this show is that we will co confront the things that make us uncomfortable and come to grips with why does that make me uncomfortable? And if there's no merit to it, well, then what's keeping me from growing a little further into it? What's keeping me from trying something out because that's something my spouse would be interested in? Well, whatever. I mean, that's that's kind of the idea of how could I be better? How could I evolve? I mean, that's totally different context in the sense of, you know, I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old in my house. And so when we talk about, like, we just went on a vacation for spring break, and we tried different things while we were out there as far as food. And my son has a very limited palate as far as what he likes to eat. I don't like that. Well, have you ever tried it? No. Well, then how do you know you don't like it? You know, you got to at least taste it. You got to at least try it. And that's the idea. We do that with our life all the time, don't we, Shannon, of I don't like that. Why? I don't know but I don't like it, <laughs> you know, and, but, and I don't and even I spend don't have time. To know. Yeah. And I don't even spend time wrestling with why I don't like it. I just, I don't like it. I don't want it that way. And, and we get so closed off that maybe we're limiting what we could be in life. Maybe we're limiting what we could be in sex and, and, and we're limiting how we can serve our partner's deepest yeah. needs and desires. Yeah. Because if it represents something really powerfully intimate to our spouse and they are not allowed to have that with anybody else on the planet, what a powerful ministry. I mean, you know, I, 
I don't mean to sound like, like she accused me of, um, lovingly accused me. She was very, very respectful. And I yes. really appreciated that. But yes. she said, Shannon sounded like the guilt tripping high desire partner. And I'm so sorry that I ripped the scab off of that wound. It was not my intention right. to sound like the guilt tripping high desire partner. So I just want to say two things about that. Number one, if you're feeling some sort of guilt about the fact that you haven't been able to offer that act, please don't project that onto me. Please ask yourself, why do I feel guilty? What is the guilt trying to tell me? What can I learn from it? Just, you know, wrestle with it inside your own spirit and see what you can learn from that. And then the other thing is the fact that she assumed that I'm, and she said this elsewhere, she assumed that I'm the high desire partner in our relationship. Um, and I, I don't think that that has been true across the board in, in any marriage, really. I think that there's a fluidity. And, and okay, that was a gross overstatement. I'm sure that there are some marriages that <laughs> right. it's very, very painful. Right. That one person is always the high desire and one person is always the low desire. And I'm sure there is a lot of guilt tripping going on in relationships like that sometimes. And again, I'm so, so sorry for, you know, whatever pain you may be experiencing under those conditions. But... I, I do believe that with the right understanding of your sexuality, by exposing yourself to the right kind of content like we do on this show, like some good books out there like Sex God, I do think that that the high desire thing is fluid yeah. and that there definitely have been seasons where uh, Greg was by far the more high desire partner and I felt put upon and I wondered why he wants sex so often. But in my forties, you know, there have been seasons where I have been, and sometimes it changes from day to day yeah. or week to week or year to year. So let's stop using the always and never that yeah. one person is always, uh, wanting sex. The other person never wants sex. Those extreme categories are just I'll, I'll use it. They're never helpful. <laughs> <laughs> and we always right. should find a more balanced approach to communicate about this sensitive topic. Yeah. And that's, that's the idea of, I think of it from the terms of NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming, that the map is not the territory. We don't understand everything about a person. We don't, we don't walk in their shoes. We don't know. So where you and I are in this show is, we have to make some generalities and some stereotypes at times. And I, I don't like doing that, but I, sometimes we have to to try to talk about a point. So realizing there's exceptions to it, there's pain involved, there's there's other things that go on in, in a person's personal story. And we want to honor those things as much as we can. And so speak up. Let us know. Send us something. Yeah, I was really grateful. I'm really grateful when people do feel the freedom to say, what about this that you said? I don't agree. We, do, I totally agree with you, Corey. We want to hear feedback like yes, that. Yes, we do, and and that's a, that's something I welcome it. it. You you and I both do. I hope this show proves that is that we want to hear even when you don't agree. You know, we don't want don't just blow sunshine to us. You know, unless <laughs> I love it, especially when it's a cold, dreary day, maybe. But blow sunshine. That's a new one. <laughs> well, there's there's more to it, but I wasn't going to finish that phrase. Um, yeah. You can spare us that, <laughs> that imagery. But it is one of those that I love feedback because when I hear even things that are negative, I think of it as there's no there's no such thing as failure, only feedback. And so, yeah, if, and I love what Jack Canfield, the author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, says: is that feedback is the breakfast of champions. Right. 
So if we hear stuff that, no, I don't agree, or I can't believe you took that stance, I want to know so that way we are better, you know, so that this show is better. Because I know, Shannon, you and I are still coming to grips with each other doing this show. There's times where we step on each other or say, or don't finish, you know, I, I haven't finished my thought and you're starting something or vice versa. And so we're, we're trying to get better. And the way we do is when the, our listeners join in. And so thank you for joining in. Well, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I hope it's great. And we'll see you next time.